0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: The all new Chevy Colorado is made for more. Stacked with the latest in vehicle technologies like a class leading 11 inch diagonal center touchscreen and an extra large wireless charging pad. Plus, it features wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto compatibility to make staying connected easy wherever your adventure takes you. Chevy Colorado, made for more. Learn more at Chevrolet.com slash truck
2: slash Colorado. Claims based on latest competitive data. This is the On The Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman.
0: Welcome to episode 111 of the On The Banks podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. And this is a special preview episode for Rutgers men's basketball. I was fortunate enough to attend Rutgers Basketball Media Day uh, last week uh, in the middle of October, uh, typically an annual event uh, where we're able to watch the team practice and then speak with Coach Peichel and the team afterwards. It's an event I've been at throughout Peichel's tenure. Last year, it was done virtually, so we were unable to see practice and we were unable to talk to the players face-to-face. So it was great to be back and to not only watch this team practice for the first time in two years, but also be able to speak one-on-one with several players. Uh, I have a lot of preview coverage uh, that we've done so far uh, posted on the banks, and we have some more stuff coming. Um, But I wanted to do this uh, preview podcast episode. In addition to that, I think that with what this team accomplished last year, making the NCAA tournament for the first time in 30 years, advancing and winning an NCAA tournament game for the first time in 38 years. Obviously, an extremely special team that also went through a ton of adversity during a COVID year. But I think also just the weight on their shoulders of ending that three-decade drought really took a toll on their play last year. And I think that hearing from the players themselves Really gives some insight, rather than you know. I'll have plenty of articles with with quotes from players that I that I received from this day, a media day. But I really wanted to harp on Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., and Kayla McConnell, the three elder statesmen of the team, and let let fans hear from them specifically about the experience, about uh, where they feel this team and this program is right now. Uh, I just feel like it's it's um, very insightful. Uh, and to hear their passion and their insight, I think, is is, is going to be fun to do. In addition, I wanted to highlight a few things that, that head coach Steve Peichel said during his media day press conference. So we'll run through that. But to start, obviously, last season, um, you know, was was a little bit of a roller coaster up and down. a Great start. 6-0 and start. You know, I think they rose as high as number 11 in the AP pool. And then really, you know, things kind of fell off. Quite a bit in terms of their play in January, they struggled, you know, some injuries, I think started to pile up really every player in their top eight rotation last year had some type of injury that either missed time or played through it. Other than Montez Mathis. so that's seven of eight players that dealt with significant injuries. Uh, Paul Mokay, he's one that played through, and you know he talked about it with me at media day. He had surgery on his finger, um, but at one point there was one press conference last year, his his um, his his pinky finger was was horizontal. You know he also had broken his nose. So uh, and he he played throughout the whole season. So certainly uh, this team uh, went through a lot on the injury front um but they also i think lost their way and i think you'll hear some of them talk about that a little bit that they really struggled in the middle of the year just uh, kind of i think you know sticking to what worked best for them and i think it took a while and i think fortunately we all saw them recover in february go on a little bit of a run started at indiana um they were able to come back on indiana on senior night they were able to get that clutch win at minnesota to get them in the in tournament and then um you know, really that Clemson game in the NCAA tournament, that was, it was almost like a microcosm of the season. It was a struggle. Um, It wasn't pretty, uh, it was pretty much like the whole season was uh, where you just saw them trying to will themselves to victory and, and fought through adversity in that game and credit to them, they did. And then obviously, you know, what they learned from the loss against Houston in that second round, I know people like to look ahead and you know, say they could have made the final four and, and obviously they, they possibly could have Syracuse is waiting a team. They already beat in the, in the non-conference schedule, Houston does end up going to the final four. Um, but, you know, I, I think that they learned a lot from that lesson and and really at the end of the day, they lost that game because of their biggest weakness, which was rebounding. They, they were not a good rebounding team. And I think you'll hear from Michael. I actually asked him specifically about rebounding and also The players all commented on it in terms of what a focus it's been. I've written about it this past week, but it really changed the identity of this team last year where they were really missing that at the end. And it cost them when it mattered most. So I think that it's going to be really interesting to see this is a team with length. Every scholarship player uh, is 6'6 or taller, with the exception of Geo Baker and Jalen Miller. They talk about the length of this team being more disruptive in passing lanes, being able to rebound better. But I also think matchup-wise, they're going to be harder to defend. They're going to be harder to prepare for. Peichel has always wanted lineup versatility. I think this team is um, as close to as his long-term vision for what he wanted with the roster than he's ever had at Rutgers. And I think that that's why you've seen him so optimistic this offseason. He told us on this podcast in August, that this was his best team. That was the first time he revealed that publicly, um, and he's he stuck to that. And you could just see his enthusiasm last week at media day, um, and how excited he is for this team. And I think he really believes it. And I think that there are reasons to believe that they could be. I think most obvious is Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. returning. I think um, you know Geo Baker and and especially Caleb McConnell are two players that they haven't been healthy throughout a full season in their careers. And I think that um, that's obviously a huge key to this season and just to see their potential and what they could accomplish uh, getting healthy through a whole season would be really fun to see. And I think that uh, you're going to see Geo Baker's best season. I think you're going to see Ron, B- uh, Ron Harper Jr. Has learned from last season. I think he fell in love with the perimeter a little bit. I think you would admit that, um, you know, he, he went into a big shooting slump and I think that he's, reinvigorated a little bit. And I think also the the, the players around him are, uh, will allow him to play his game a little bit more. Uh, likewise with Gio, having Paul Mulcahy uh, as the primary ball handler next to him, I think will benefit his game as well. I've always thought that Gio off the ball, you know, is, is a better version. Is I think it makes him some harder to defend rather than having the ball in his hands the whole time. So I think, you, you know, the, the emphasis uh, that you'll hear a lot too is, um, that they want to share the basketball better this year. And I think that um, you'll see that. I think there was too much isolation, one-on-one. While they need to be able to, to attack the rim and penetrate, I think there was, there was not enough of sharing the basketball last year. And I think this team, kind of the guys that are here this year admit that. So I think you'll see a focus there. Um, and we'll get into kind of, um, you know, things to be excited about, optimism, pessimism, pessimism after uh, we go through the interviews. Um, but just I think that the most important kind of long-term point I want to make about this program is the stability. I think is at at a level where it's really hasn't been in many, many years. Going back to Tom Young, uh, you know, in the late 70s and and early 80s, uh Rutgers basketball has never been as stable since then as they are now under Steve Peichel, entering his sixth year. And uh the fact that you have You know, coming off the two years that uh, they had, the 21 season, that would have uh, led to an NCAA tournament berth uh, before COVID canceled the NCAA tournament. And then last year, obviously, uh, again, wasn't that same success in the regular season, but they were able to cut it out and they had postseason success for the first time in a long time. So um, a lot to build off of. But I think that what we've learned from Steve Peichel, uh, despite, you know, the transfers that happened this offseason. He had Jacob Young leave for Oregon. He, I, I really believe his intention from everything he had said, uh, both on the record and off the record, was he was hoping to go pro. And I think when they realized that wasn't maybe going to happen the way he wanted it to, um, you know, his brother played at Oregon. Uh, there was a relationship there. And I think, yeah, listen, good for him. It's a good opportunity. And uh, I think that, you know, he'll he'll be a good fit there. Miles Johnson, you know, I don't think that that was a situation that you could have expected him to stay. I think he was upfront really for years about graduating and then wanting to go somewhere for grad school. He's from Los Angeles. There's a big feature in the LA Times this week with him and his whole family. Uh, so, him going to UCLA really should be the least surprising thing, especially because they're a top 10 engineering school as well. Uh, and then you have Montez Mathis, who I think, you know, clearly was probably not too happy. Uh, towards the end of the season. He lost his starting job midway through uh, and I think struggled to kind of find uh, his place. Um, he, to his credit, you know, he, that first half he had against Houston in the NSA tournament uh, was some of the best basketball he had played all season. Um, but I think for him, you know what, St. John's is a, is a better fit for him. The way they play, uh, his opportunity there, um, I think it's, it's a good fit. So I think uh, there was certainly some concern. I was very surprised right after the NCAA tournament how concerned and upset people were when those three transfers, although you know Young took a little while to announce, um, there was some panic that set in. And you know Pykele went about the transfer portal the way Pykele going to go about it, and that's deliberate and um, very strategic and uh, based on fit. And I think also one thing is knowing that, or I think strongly believing that Gio and Ron would come back was also a big part of his strategy in terms of how he approached certain players um, and certain players that frankly wouldn't be interested in coming to Rutgers. If knowing that, you know, the starting five was essentially set and the top dogs were coming back. Um, And I think that that was something that was unique to this past offseason. but in terms of stability, where this program's at, um, how they've done academically, how they're set up for the future. You have the EPC now, um, just in terms of the fan base, the way the rack has, has developed as a, one of the hardest places to play in college basketball, um, just the support system uh, that's in place with this program. I mean, being at practice, you could see how this program is a big time program now. The amount of support staff they have there, the way practices are run, the way the APC, the feel, the vibe you get from it. It's just, it's all, it's become a big time program under Steve Peichel. And it's really due to his stability, his foundation. Um, the blueprint for success that he learned at Stony Brook and has stayed true to at Rutgers, uh, I think just uh, really should give hope uh, and optimism that that this is not a one and done program. This was not a fluke, what he's done with this class. And that when guys like Gio and Ron uh, ultimately leave, um, the foundation for success is is built firmly and strong. And I think that uh, they're going to be a top half of the Big Ten NCAA tournament contender for years to come. Is it going to take time to jump into that top three and compete for conference championships and, and possibly national championships? I think it will. But I think that this team is, is you know, the makeup of, of, of guys coming back, you know, mentioning that the, the really the, essentially what will be the starting five of, of Gio and Ron and Caleb and Pomo, Mulcahy. Um, and then obviously you throw in uh, Cliff Omoyuri. Um, but, but these guys are program changing players that will leave their impression on this program and fans forever. Um, just getting, uh, we, we talked about the off season and the changes um, in the transfer portal. Michael added Andre Hyatt transfer from LSU who they uh, recruited very hard out of high school uh, from the area, New York state ultimately came back. And his uh, potential, I think, you know, I think really about him, he's versatile. He can uh, guard the four. He can uh, guard uh, along the perimeter. He can shoot the three. He can post up down low. I think he's going to be a great complement to Ron Harper Jr. and take a little pressure off of him um, in the paint. I think Harper last year felt the burden of being the four alone. They really had no one behind him. They really missed a quasi Yeboah. I think that Hyatt's game is maybe a little bit different than Yeboah. But I think that he could offer a similar type of security and stability um, with his experience and with the levelness in which he plays. He just his, uh the way how smooth he looked on the court and how well he fit in really uh, st- stood out to me at practice. And then you have Ralph Agee, who um, you know is a, was a highly productive offensive player at San Jose State. But they were one of the worst teams in, in Division I last year. They were a terrible defensive team. I think he's going to help offensively for me. I think his, the question mark is how much can he help defensively? And really, I think the biggest question mark on this team is when Cliff Moriri gets two fouls in the first five minutes of a Big Ten game, how are they going to respond? And I think that starts with Ralph Agee. How is he going to be able to defend the other bigs of the Big Ten? Uh, I think is a huge uh, question mark for this team. But moving on, uh, I think just, you know, I, I should say I'd be remiss to, to not add that I also think he's probably the most talented five uh, from an offensive perspective with uh, his skill set um, that Paykel's ever had. So I think in terms of his ability to help them on that end is really encouraging. The schedule, you know, uh, the non-conference schedule is, is what it is. It's not entirely challenging, and we've kind of talked about Michael's philosophy in the past, but I really believe that he looks at it as if they can get to 10 wins in Big Ten play, he's not as reliant on big non-conference wins. And, you you know, you have the Seton Hall game on December 12th at the at the Rock. You have um, Clemson at home at the Rack on November 30th. You have the uh, Gavit games at DePaul on November 18th. That is not a. You know an opponent that's going to do much for you in terms of the RPI and um, and then and the net and Ken Palm, but um, it is a, a high major team. But DePaul is not expected to do well at all this year. So really, your only two non-conference marquee games are Seton Hall and Clemson. You have to win one of them. I think you have to win the rest of them. Uh, you have UMass on the road. Uh, you open with Lehigh on November 10th. At the rack, November thirteenth, Merrimack at the rack, NGIT at the rack, November sixteenth. Then you go on the road at DePaul, November eighteenth. Lafayette at home on the twenty-second, followed by UMass on the road. Then you come home for Clemson. So that non-conference stretch, you're looking at uh, seven games, and I think you know they can't go worse than six to one during that stretch. I think they could win all of them, and then you open up with uh, two extremely difficult Big Ten games on the road at illinois on friday december 3rd followed by a home game with purdue on thursday december 9th you'd love to get a split there uh i don't think it's you know absolute must that they have to um and i think it'll be difficult to just to point out you know purdue is is picked either to win the big 10 or finish second behind michigan and then illinois is pretty much universally picked third so that's a tough start then you have at seton hall that four-game stretch, uh, Clemson at Illinois, Purdue at Seton Hall is crucial. Then you come home, you have Ryder in Central Connecticut State and Maine to finish the year during finals and at the holidays. And then Big Ten play uh, resumes for good. And you have Michigan at the rack on January 4th. So, you know, how they get out of that three-game stretch, it's very feasible uh, that they could start the Big Ten play own 3 But I wouldn't necessarily think that it's a, it's a panic situation. What is crucial above all, I think, is this then stretch they run into January when you have Nebraska at home, at Penn State, at Maryland, Iowa at home, at Minnesota, Maryland at home, at Nebraska, at Northwestern. I think that stretch is absolutely crucial. That's an eight-game stretch. I think at a minimum, you have to win six. I think potentially they could win you know, more than that. I think Maryland, obviously, at Maryland, is going to be a difficult game. At Penn State, is never easy but they're projected to finish in the, you know, bottom four spots of the conference at Minnesota. Minnesota is going to be the worst team in the big 10 this year, by far at Nebraska, as we know Rutgers delivered one of their worst uh, performances of the season last year there, but certainly a winnable game. And then at Northwestern as well, I think Northwestern will be improved, but certainly winnable. Uh, so you get through that eight game stretch and then you have a seven game stretch that is, um, you know, really brutal in its own right. Uh, you have, you um, Michigan State and Ohio State at home. So, of course, winnable, um, but two very difficult, probably the fourth and uh, fifth place teams that people are are really picking. Aside from Maryland, they're kind of universally the top six. Then you're at Wisconsin. I think Rutgers is going to be better than Wisconsin this year, but you're at Wisconsin, always a very difficult place to play. Illinois at home, at Purdue, at Michigan, Wisconsin at home, and then at Indiana, which everyone's loving Indiana in the offseason. Mike Woodson, first-year coach, a lot of great transfers brought in. I think they certainly have improved the talent. I'm skeptical of how much better they're going to be in terms of, are they really a top-half Big Ten team? Uh, and that matchup in Bloomington on March 2nd is a huge game uh, for Rutgers to see where they'll finish ultimately in the standings. And then they finish at home on Senior Day, which will obviously be a very emotional day, Sunday, March 6th, at noon against Penn State, to finish the regular season. So, a challenging schedule, always will be in the Big Ten. Uh, but really, I think much more of a split this year in terms of most of January. Rutgers is going to need to win those games uh, and give them a chance to pull some upsets in February and, and really determine where they'll finish in the standards. They were picked eighth uh, in the Big Ten media preseason poll. They were picked eighth um, by multiple projections. They're, you know, They received 11 votes in the AP poll, preseason poll, which leaves them eighth. Really, the only place I have not seen them picked eighth in the Big Ten this year is with the Ken Palm rankings, uh, which obviously is based on advanced stats and data. And Ken Palm rates them number 67 to start the year. They finished at 38 last year. Really, the difference was the defensive efficiency rating. They went from finishing 16th last year to being projected in the mid 40s this year to start. Obviously, Miles Johnson, huge loss on the defensive end. Advanced stats wise, he was, you know, amazing. So losing him, uh, you know, he had top 50 rebounding rate, offensive and defensive. He had a top 20 block rate. He had a top 300 steal rate. Jacob Young had a top 100 steal rate. So reading the newcomers, the way Ken Palm works is they, they actually incorporate defense efficiency based on their teams they come from. They don't include individual defensive efficiency in the projections. So you're talking about two players, Andre Hayat and Ralph Egy that came from terrible defensive teams in LSU and San Jose State so that obviously doesn't help offensive efficiency pretty 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 flat they finished 82nd last year the projected 88 I personally think they'll be a better offensive team this year and we'll talk about that a little bit after the interviews but I think that uh, overall you know Rutgers is looking at you know right around top half of the finish uh, I think uh, a lot of things are variables to consider in terms of obviously injuries throughout the conference but I think that Rutgers is one of the more veteran teams that maybe isn't getting consideration. And, and one thing that I'll harp on here is before we get into the interviews, it's just that this team always seems to do better and play better when they have an identity that obviously is tied to defense, defense and rebounding, but also tied to being considered the underdog, having their backs against the wall. And I think that that was one thing last year when the, when the, the table turned a little bit and they were ranked and they were, you know, undefeated and they were really hyped up and, You know, people were talking about them finishing the top three of the conference. Um, I'm not saying that that was why they struggled from that point on, but I, I certainly think that their mindset, they were learning to adjust their mindset. And I think that they're more naturally just with this team, with Steve Peichel, they naturally are a better fit for having the mindset of being the underdog and having their backs against the wall. So with all that being said, I wanted to now go into first start with head coach Steve Peichel and some comments he made at Media Day. The first uh, question I wanted to to hear his answer on was just in terms of what made what makes this team special, why he's so positive about them um, and what he's excited about with this team, their personalities, and why this team this year he feels will be his his best team yet.
3: I mean, their chemistry has been awesome, so they, they work hard. Um, we've really grinded them. Today was one of our shorter practices, so we've been going along. Um, they come back the next day. They by far watch the most film of any group, and they're in the gym more than any group that I've had. So uh, this morning we had four guys up early and, and, and shooting, working. Um, they'll come back tonight. They're lifting right now they'll eat and come back like they're into it um they put the time into it i think it's a nice blend we have veteran guys and then we have young guys that are hungry to play you know so it's been it's been really uh great and you'll see different guys together with different guys all the time on campus i love the fact that they're They have some distractions too from basketball, which we didn't have at all last year. They go to football games They're going to concert this weekend. They're you know They do a lot of different things and they didn't have any of that last year. So it's it's good. They're in the gym They work hard. They watch their film. Then they go, you know out to eat Go to a concert, you know do things that they're supposed to be doing. So um, I'm excited about the distractions too that they have but uh, Yeah, I like we got gamers. I mean Ron and Gio have played a lot of minutes. Caleb McConnell has been our most efficient player and all the stats and everything. Um, Cliff works harder than any big guy we've had ever here. Probably, I don't know the past, You know, I only know my past, but if a big guy works harder than him, I'd be shocked. I love Ralph, AG has given us age and experience. He'll be one of our better defenders. He's led us in offensive rebounding since we first started statin, the first very first practice. So Ralph brought us some of that. Um, Andre Hyatt brings us experience. He can really shoot the ball. He's been around. Had a double double in the NCAA tournament last year. He's really blended in nicely. And then you know I like our. They're not young. They're they're, they're freshmen because of COVID, but they were here all last year. Dean's been great. Oscar has been great. Mawat has been our best defender with Jalen Miller. Um, so a lot of different pieces. Like and I can move them around. I could. Today I just made even teams, but I've gone big with lineups. I've gone experienced guys against younger guys. I've gone a bunch of wings, positionless guys with five positionless guys. I've, I've gone big with Ralph uh, at the four and Cliff at the five and Ron Harper at the three and Caleb at the two and Paul at the one. You know, So I'm able to do a lot of different things with this group. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So
0: later in the press conference, I was able to, to ask uh, Steve Michael specifically about rebounding. Um, you know, he had, had noted previously this offseason that it was a point of emphasis. Um, so what I asked him was what his approach was this offseason in addressing that area and why he was confident they would be better in that area this season. And this is what he had to say.
3: Yeah, we will 100% be better in that area. Yeah, we've already have. We're a better blockout team right now as we speak. We're bigger. Our length is bigger. We got better size. We added Ralph, who is our leading offensive rebounder right off the bat in the preseason. So, um, added another guy that could really go up there and grab offensive rebounds. Um, We just have put a huge emphasis on it, and uh, our guards are big. So, Paul's a good rebounder, anyways. You know, Caleb's been statistically our best rebounder so it's been cliff it's been ralph it's been caleb you know and and uh we all know ron can rebound with with, with anybody too so we've added more andre a double double in NCAA tournament game so he's a real capable rebounder but um yeah i feel real good about it but we've spent a lot of time and we've talked about it and we've watched film about it and they kind of understand that we got to go back to what we used to do and that was be a great rebounding team
0: the next part of Michael's press comments I wanted to cover was just, he was asked about Paul Mulcahy being a primary ball handler this year and how that changes their offense for this season.
3: I think every year his game has improved. So people in his first year, like he's gotten better defensively at every shooting the ball as well as, you know, from deep. Um, he's just, uh, he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Um, he's making really good decisions. Um, uh, You know, again, um, I think he's just always up for that, those challenges, you know, and uh, uh, he's way more comfortable on the court. Um, You know, when you got a big point guard with size like that, it really who wants to pass the ball. It's really, you know, I think I think it's especially at that point guard position and we really share the ball like our team passes the ball as well as we've ever passed it making extra plays, making those extra passes, and guys are kind of starting to enjoy making the extra pass. So we talk about sharing the game all the time. We've, we've talked about that for six years. This team truly shares the basketball, and so we're hard to guard. You know, and that starts with Paul, starts with Geo, too. Um, you know, I think that kind of filters down to the rest of the, rest of the guys.
0: The last question in the press comments that I asked was in regard to Andre Hyatt, his addition to the program you know he's really going to be probably the sixth man for this team and just a huge addition in terms of the core of this team Uh, and i think adding a veteran presence you know they're not obviously they're going to rely on some younger guys and jaden jones and mawatt mag who we'll talk about in a little bit but i think adding a guy like hyatt is crucial to keeping this core core team strong so This is what Paykel had to say about his addition, in addition to touching on Ralph A.G. as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's brought, he he said to me, he and Ralph both said, like, we will compete. So our competitiveness amongst the whole group of them has been unbelievable, you know? And he competes every day, you know? And uh, I think he's brought a level two of maturity. Um, He wants to be here, he's close to home. He's excited about being around his family, his family getting to see him play um the guys really like him you know, he's got a nice personality and you know he uh has taken on our vocabulary with our you know the hardest thing for kids when they leave a program is how we teach and our cores and a lot of its vocabulary our screen coverages are called different things than theirs so he, he's learning all those things and uh he's really a bright kid you know so he's fit in he and Ralph have you know been really great They they really have and Excited to have them, you know, and uh, they're going to bring some good fiber, you know, to, to our program and they're hungry and they've played at good levels and they've won, um, you know, Ralph shot a huge percentage last year from the floor. I mean, he played a lot of minutes like Ralph wants to win. Andre comes in here or coming off an NCAA bid. So he's played on, you know, winning team team in a program like that. Um, so, um, you know, they, they, they bring a lot to us and they're not freshmen. They've been through some wars.
0: So that was head coach Steve Peichel talking about this team at Rutgers Media Day, roughly three weeks from the season opener uh, on November 7th. And now we're going to move into my interviews with the players. I did want to preface that uh, the way Media Day is set up with the players is they're all kind of spread out throughout the room at different tables. It's definitely fun and it's a little bit of a, a puzzle, as you know, in my role to make time for certain players. I was unable to talk to everybody. Um, and some of the quality to be honest with you, of the the actual audio wasn't good enough to play all of my interviews uh, with all the players, but I will be incorporating some of those interviews and in future articles to post, uh, in the preseason. Um, but wanted to uh, really focus on geo Baker, uh, Ron Harper jr. And Kayla McConnell geo is a player that, you know, I was, I, he was the first player I interviewed at my first media day back in 2017. Uh, which was his first, it was my second media day, but his first with the program. Um, and he's come a long way to really just talk to him so much over the years and see his maturity and how he has grown as really the face of this program has been great to see. So it's great to catch up with him in person for the first time in two years. And we covered a variety of topics. And here's here's my talk with uh, Geo now. A lot going on this offseason, um, you know, all the, all the strides you made with NIL and just your, your pro workouts and everything like that, how, how much have you been able to put, in, taking kind on of a step away from the program, worrying about, or focusing on, you know, pro and all that, how has it helped you, I guess maybe, not perspective, but put everything. You know, now that it's your fifth year. Yeah. I remember talking to you your first media day. Just how far yeah. you've come and how far the program's come. You know, has it been able to sink in yet? or Is there something you're kind of trying to keep in the back until you're you're actually done after this year?
4: Um yeah, I mean I'm definitely just I'm just locked in on the season. Honestly, I'm not, uh you know I'm not really thinking about too much ahead or you know what happened before or anything like that. I'm just locked in, uh, taking one day at a time. Um I would say with the with the pro workouts and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of the guys who I was competing against either got signed or, you know, I saw them in summer league. They are playing really well in summer league. So, in terms of perspective, like, it just, you know, I think it made me realize, like, how close, you know, I really am. And, um, you know, it just made me excited, made me more confident. And um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And uh, obviously last
0: season at the end, you know, that press conference, you, you took it really hard. How has that benefited you in terms of your development this offseason and just your approach yeah. to this year i mean i think it's
4: just motivation um you know i feel like when you get knocked down there's two things you could do you can be sad about it or you can get back up so you know uh, i mean, i chose to get back up I don't, you know i to want to take another crack at it um so i'm excited uh last year was definitely hard for everybody you know not just that last game but the whole season was just tough in general um so i think everyone's just excited for a normal year and then you know to make a run a national championship and uh obviously coming
0: back but what's it been like to come back with guys like Paul and Caleb and Ron, who you've done it with before? And how, how has it changed you guys in the sense of you always kind of had that, that monkey on your back. And now you kind of this year, you just want to build off it versus having never done it before.
4: Yeah, we know how to win. Um, you know, having guys that, that know how to win is just always important. Um, you know, having those veteran, that veteran leadership is, is, is always a good thing. You know. And we talk a lot, you know, just making sure that we're staying on the, on the same path, the right track. Because, um, you know, the season's so long and everything can be so up and down. So we stay level-headed. That's going to be the most important thing. And I think we have a good group of guys that, um, you know, both saying that and a good group of guys who are listening to that as well.
0: And what's it been like for the younger guys? Who's kind of impressed you so far? Well,
4: know, all of them. Uh, I mean, you probably saw today, uh, you know, but, like... Jalen Miller's defense is, is crazy, you know, it's one of a kind. Um, you know, Jaden Jones, the way he's able to shoot the ball, the way he's able to score. Um, you know, all the new guys have just been really good. All the, the two transfers that we got on the portal, you know, basically all they want to do is win. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited for them. Uh, I think this is our best offseason, like, the way we were working out, the way uh, we we're really working on individual skill set. So I think everybody got better in the offseason, which is the most important thing.
0: And how... Uh how will the offense be different with you and, and Paul, kind of as more of the primary ball handlers, uh, with Jacob Bond in terms of you know, does it change the dynamics? Does it allow you to play off the ball a little bit more?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think I'm definitely gonna play off the ball a little bit more. Um, I think I think our the biggest thing that we've been stressing is just uh, you know really moving the ball. Um, if there's someone up ahead, we have four guards on the floor at all times. If someone's up ahead and they're open, kick it to him. Uh, I feel like that's what we're gonna get up the floor just as fast as how JY was dribbling up the floor. Um, so that's. That's kind of how we've been doing it. Um, You know, whoever gets the rebound, just go. Everyone else just run and look up ahead and pass it up. So we've really been working on sharing the game and just playing like that.
0: And Peygo was talking about rebounding being a focus, obviously uh, getting back to the level you guys were at kind of years prior. Yeah. Uh, How important is that and kind of, you know, how do you think the team's gonna respond in terms of being better in that area.
4: Yeah, I mean that's something that we kind of lost last year. We weren't really uh, a great rebounding team at times, um, so that's just been our focus. Uh, I think that I think it's gonna help us a lot, and I think that our team has really been thinking about that a lot, and we understand. Like we watched a lot of tape on last year where we weren't rebounding, so I think all the guys understand that's the type of team we want to be. That's gonna help us win some games. And how excited are you guys for you know having fans back in the racks this year? Oh man, it's gonna be great. I- I'm excited. I mean, uh, last year was just. Uh, was like a like a blur like it wasn't just sometimes sometimes you just be like damn there's really no one here um, so that's going to be really hard sometimes. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good year.
0: And uh, I actually wanted to ask you, what about going on the road? Uh, I feel like you've always thrived on the road, you know, with hostile environments mm. and fans. Is that something you kind of miss as well?
4: Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, you you just want, you want fans in the stands. It doesn't matter if they're cheering for you or they're not. You know, it's just it's just a fun environment. Um, and the Big Ten has some of the best venues, like, where it's just, you know, like, you grow up watching these teams play, and now you get to go play there. Like, that's, that's a dream come true. So it's always exciting, and, you know, we, we live for that.
0: Next, I wanted to play my interview with Ron Harper Jr. He was once again this week named to the uh, Julius Irving Award watch list, which is named for the top twenty small forwards in the country. He was a top five finalist for that award last year. Led Rutgers in scoring, was second in rebounding. You know, obviously, a huge part of 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 what this team was able to accomplish. But you know, I always look at Ron when he's at his best. It's the little things he does. You know, defensively, I thought two years ago, he was an elite defensive player. I think that he is going to look to get back to that this year. But, you know, one of the, the biggest moments of last season was the way he defended Amir Sims. It was about a minute ago in that Clemson game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Miles Johnson checked out. Steve Peichel decided to go small, put Harper on Sims for the first time in that game. Amir Sims, by far Clemson's best player, a double-double guy. And when they needed a defensive stop, Harper got it. And I think uh, that, that just speaks volumes to his impact, not just offensively, but just what he means to this team overall. And I think him getting back to that level, both on the defensive end and then on the glass, he was um, Rutgers went nine and one last season when Ron Harper Jr. rebounded seven or more off the glass. So we talked about that and more. And here's what Ron had to say. I just wanted to ask how the off season's been and uh, obviously you've been through a lot with just the the pro workout and um, being back, I guess, you know, how's it been jumping back in with, with this season?
1: Oh, it's been great, you know. I went through that big draft process, and ultimately I ended up coming back because this is a group of guys I want to play for. I want to pour my heart out for, and we just have a real, a real good group. A bunch of guys that you'll go to war with any day. You know, if, if any of them need anything beyond the court, you know they, they know they can ask me. This, this is a brotherhood, and that's ultimately why I came back. And I came back to play for the coaching staff one more time, play with these guys, and leave it all on the line one more time for the for the state I grew up on. We've talked about it before with rebounding, and I asked Michael about it, and just the
0: need for the team to get back to kind of the way we rebounded in the past. How important is it for the team to have
1: success in that area this year and and what role can you play in that too it's important because you know uh, our shortest scholarship guy is like six six three, Jalen Miller, and then it's like six four, Gio, and then it's six six and above. So we should be a team that's that's great on the glass. You know, Coach Pago always tells us, rebounding, defending, all that's about effort. And that's one thing I see with this group that I haven't seen before. It's like tenacious effort. You know, dudes are battling for rebounds. That's important. Rebounds wins games. The team we lost to Houston, that's why they ended up coming back. A bunch of offensive rebounds late in the game, and they were the best offensive rebounding team in the nation. So that team is a two-seed, best rebounding team in the nation. So it shows you when you rebound the ball at an elite level, it pays dividends for you in the long run. And it takes a little pressure off shooting-wise too, right? When you are yeah. good, when you know you're a good rebounding team. Exactly, exactly. You don't have to shoot the ball great. You know your guys are down there ready to box somebody out, ready to fight for a, a loose ball and get a rebound.
0: And what's it like with Andre Haidt here? I know you're friends and uh, also I, you know, kind of can play a similar role in the sense uh-huh. of being able to guard the same positions. Uh, does it take a little bit of... Uh, was it allow you to be a little more flexible where you can play on the court?
1: Uh, definitely, you know, being able to play with Andre. You know, I feel like we, we, we learn a lot of things from each other. You know, he's played in the SEC for two years. I played in the Big Ten for three years. So it's just our play styles. They kind of, like, it's very similar and it shows you me and him, we can guard one through four when we're on the court together it's kinda of like you got two guys that can kinda of do the same thing. So going against Andre every day in practice has been challenging, it's been great. You know, I I feel like I haven't really gone up against a guy that that's similar to me and you know I'm just excited to see what he can do this year. And talking about him and A. G. And, and just kinda of the changes for the roster,
0: how has the chemistry been with the younger guys now being able to kinda, of, you know, have the opportunity to step up in
1: bigger roles? How is it different versus last year? Uh the whole, I don't know how to explain it, but like the whole vibe is different this year. We had Ralph come in, Ralph, Dre, Logan, and Jalen. And we have Andrew Fullen, uh, who, who just recently made a team. Congrats to him. And those guys are like, I don't know, it feels like we, I've known them forever. I've only known them for like a little less than six months. But this summer, we all just bonded like crazy. It was kind of still COVID. So, you know, we're all just hanging out in a room, enjoying, having a good time. Uh, and the chemistry, we build the chemistry off the court, outside the APC. We build chemistry in the dining hall, we build chemistry when we're in a room playing against each other in 2K and it makes everything on the court a little more easier because you know you this team is real tight and it's a brotherhood and we talk and we, and we talk a lot about what's bothering us on the court and you know what's bothering us outside the court and we know we got our, each other's backs and it's just real easy to play for a group of guys that understand you like that.
0: Michael said this is the hardest working team so far, what do you think about that and, and I guess how has that helped develop chemistry?
1: Uh, I agree 100%. You know, these guys work their tails off day in and day out. Two guys I want to highlight. Uh, I can highlight a bunch of guys, but Cliff and Moawad. You know, their roommates and Jaden and Jalen, their roommates. You know, those guys get each other in the gym early in the morning, late at night, and they're always doing the right thing in the classroom, on the basketball court, and it just motivates you, motivates me to be better, motivates everybody to get in the gym and we're hard workers and you know, we'll have a two and a half hour practice and a lift and then you'll see guys in the gym afterwards putting up shots for like an hour. That's the kind of stuff you rarely saw uh, my first three years here and this is a hard working group and they know what their goals are and they wanna get to them. Last question, just in terms of having done it now, uh, coming back with the same group
0: with McConnell and Paul and and Gio, uh, what, what does that mean for you guys and how does that kinda help you get to maybe the next level this year?
1: One thing I can tell you about playing in the NCAA tournament is that the first couple minutes against Clemson, every the first couple minutes you check in the game, everybody said the same thing: is that they were nervous. And you can kind of tell if you watch the tape; everybody's a little hesitant. It's the NCAA tournament. That was the first time we really played against a, uh, in front of a lot of fans. But it's an atmosphere that you're not used to. It's an atmosphere that's different. We haven't been there in 30 years, and we got there. We're just going to take those experiences that we gain. Them, that situation and we're just going to use them to be a better team and you know that the NCAA tournament taught us a lot. It taught us that to be a championship team, you got to prep like a championship team and that's something we lacked uh, a, lot, a lot last year and this year we're trying to correct those mistakes. Does it give you more confidence going into the Big Ten this year? Definitely, you know, the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball. It's been the best conference in basketball for a while and you know, a lot of those guys made it to the NCAA tournament just like us and feeding off the momentum you know we're one of the we're one of like three or four teams that made it to the second round in the big 10 so it, it gives us confidence that we can play with anybody
0: now i wanted to play a few different segments of my interview with caleb mcconnell well documented all the injuries that he's gone through throughout his career and the first part of our interview he he really goes into detail in terms of all the injuries he's had throughout his career and how it's impacted him and now, how excited he is to be healthy, entering his fourth uh, year with the program. Just wanted to ask how this off season's been in terms of your own development, uh, being healthy, uh, and just you know how far you've come in your career here so far.
2: Man, uh, that's a big one that a lot of people have been asking me. Just because, uh, uh, just cause, of course, my health. Uh, you know, I've been dealing a lot of injuries since I since I've been here since my freshman year. And I just had a lot of uh, a lot of. A lot of things go wrong. since so my freshman year, man, uh, I came in and had surgery my freshman year um, on my foot. and uh, Had to recover from that, so I missed the whole off season. I missed the whole preseason and things like that. And uh, I kind of had to jump back uh, right into the season, of my freshman year. And um, so that was kind of a tough year, but man, I learned. I learned so much just playing in the backcourt with Geo and getting and really get to play in the Big Ten my freshman year. So that was so that was a fun experience. Um, and then going into my sophomore year, I, I was dealing with another injury, I had another surgery done uh, on my hip, and um, I missed that. I missed that whole entire summer. I missed that I missed that whole preseason, and, I, and then I jumped back into that season. So, um, and then and then my junior year, it's the game man. I was, I was even on rest for my junior year because I had a procedure done in my back. So that's kind of been the cycle since I've been here, since I've been in college. And um, it took it took it honestly took me a lot, man. So I just want to thank God just for allowing me to be healthy going into my senior year. Uh, I want to thank my circle and the coaching staff and, and even and even the medical staff for even for even getting me back on my feet and just uh and going to the fire with me, man. Um, I endured so much just 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 going just 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 being hurt and, and being injured and, and not being able to play and being sidelined. I just I, I was I was able to learn so much and able just to really uh, learn to be patient and things like that, man, and, and, um, and really just and really just be, uh, be able to be there for other people.
0: Next in talking with Caleb. I asked him as I asked some of the other players what making the NCAA tournament and having success, you know, and Caleb had a really an unsung game last year, 13 points, 10 rebounds in that win over Clemson, his performance, you know, if he didn't play that well in that game, I don't think Rutgers wins. I think that that type of performance, which we've seen at times from him, if he could be more consistent this year, you know, can he be a 10 and five guy, can he average close to 10 points and five rebounds a game and be maybe their best defender, I think he can. And I think if he if he can do that, it's really going to take this team, uh, it's going to elevate this team. And uh, we talked about what that NCAA tournament game, was both for him personally and for the team, has meant for them. And, and how that's helped their confidence going into this season. So here's what he had to say. How important was that win last year in the NCAA tournament for the confidence for this team, but also the way you played, you had a huge game. Uh, how much of that was like kind of jumping off point
2: going into this year? Most definitely, man. Um, that just gave us a, a ton of confidence, man. Um, for the older guys, they just, it just left a taste in our mouth and now we know what it takes to get back there man and so now so so now we tell the younger guys and the new guys and, and, and even to ourselves and we just hold each other accountable man um, this is what it takes to get there and if we don't do that then they're not going to exceed the expectations that we have for this year and the expectation is, is to win championships, to win a Big team championship and win a national championship. Um, that's something that we preach every day. And then on, on a personal note, I just feel like winning a championship will mean so much to my family, uh, to me, and just to everyone who helped me uh, get to this point where I'm at today. Man especially through all the things that I've endured and, and things like that. So um, I'm very excited. That's, that's, really, that's really the big, that's probably the key word I keep saying, man, is that <laughs> I'm so excited for this year, man, because i a person, though. I'm, I'm, I'm finally healthy for once going into the year. Um, my teammate, my team is good. Uh, I'm excited to play with the younger guys. You know, poor guys we have, uh, me and Ron are, 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 are actually the last guys, let's see, are actually the last guys here in my class that actually came in in this class. So I'm, I'm excited to play, play with him. And play play with the core group. Geo's back. Palmer, Payne, Cliff, and the younger guys. All all the younger guys and the new guys. I'm really excited for them. In fact, we have a very different team this year. A very very explosive team. So so man, I'm just I'm I'm really I'm, I'm really ready to, to 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 take it all this uh, this season, man. And really just take it all in. Last part with
0: Caleb, just talking about team chemistry, incorporating the newcomers to the team, and and what I really struck out to me that which you'll hear is his enthusiasm. For the younger guys and just excitement for them uh, being able to experience and be a part of this team this season. It seems like this year the, the, the balance is a little different with young guys you know kind of even amount of young guys in the veteran core does that help chemistry at all in terms of maybe you know having guys embrace roles a little bit more than Maybe
2: in years past when you had a lot of veterans all yeah. kind of competing for the ball. Yeah, man, most definitely, man. Because I, well, really, just I fight. I even fight this year, man. I really like everybody knows their roles this year, and the younger guys are respect us, and we respect them, man. and we 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 fill them with confidence, and they feel us, and they fill us with confidence, and they believe in us, and we believe in them. So 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 about that, man, that just allows us to play to to play freely, and the, and the coaches know what we all can do. Um, and we all know what we can do. Just on, a, just on, a, uh, just, just on, like an individual note. We all, we all know what uh, each other can do, and I fight, like, and I feel, like, and I fight. Like that really helps the team out, especially, especially when you know what a guy can do, when you know, and, and you know what he can do, and, and what I can do. So, and what we all bring to the table is something different, and when, uh, I feel like we all mesh that together. I feel like this off season and this preseason. Um, we really learned, like we really learned each other, and we're still kind of learning each other going into the season. And I feel like we go to this non-conference, we're going to learn a lot. Um, so I just, so I can say I'm very, I'm just very excited man, just to see how things work out for us, honestly, man. Because um, it's a different group, like you said, it's, it's, it's a good mixture of, of older guys and a good mixture of younger guys. So I'm very, I'm very excited just to see how things go. And uh, we prepared for this, uh, prepared for this uh, all, all, all season and all preseason. So, um, so going into this season, uh, start, start November 5th, man, it's going to be, it's going, it's going to be fun to watch.
0: So those were our interviews with Steve Feichel from his press conference. And then specifically one-on-ones with Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr. And Caleb McConnell, the audio on that, hopefully you might've heard a little bit of audible noise in there, but again, it was a, a crowded room, but I thought the interviews, uh, the quality was there. And obviously, uh, I think the insight and, and, their emotion and um, enthusiasm that they shared was was really a must listen for Rutgers basketball fans. So I was glad you're able to we were able to share that with you. And now really just looking at the outlook for this team, you know, I think their 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 experience, the leadership on this team. I think, you know, you heard the players talk about everyone knowing their roles this season. Um I do think that the the, the shift in balance of from having a, a veteran heavy core rotation of top eight really other than Cliff, um, everyone in that rotation last year had been with the program multiple years and had played uh, big minutes before. Uh, Michael used to call it, you know, we have eight starters in our eight-man rotation. And, you know, I don't know if that necessarily, uh, on the face of it, it sounds good, but I think it did pose some challenges in terms of keeping everyone happy with their playing time and their involvement. And I think this year, you know, they're top eight or nine you know you're gonna have Andre Hyatt coming off the bench. He's a guy that played for LSU. That was, um, you know, he started at times for them, but he didn't get a lot of shots. He averaged, you know, four, about four points, four rebounds a game. He did not get a lot of shots. He's a guy that I think has is very willing to do the dirty work and accept his role. And his versatility is something that that is going to be a a real positive. Um, and then you have two youngsters, uh, Jaden Jones, who was with the program since last winter. Sky is the limit, I think, for his, for his uh, future. And I think that he's probably has the most talent, any player that Michael has brought to the program so far. But I think patience is going to be needed with him. But he's really seems to be embracing his, you know, learning from the veterans. And I spoke to him and I'll have an article on him coming up soon. His eyes are wide open. And I think that he's really going to help this team as the year goes along and his role will get a little bit bigger. But I think he's going to be very willing to uh, play the role that they feel will help them the most. And then you have Mawatnag, who was going to be in the, the top eight rotation last year, got hurt early, never really got into the swing of things. You know, everyone has praised his work ethic and his, I think, willingness to do the dirty work as well. He's going to be a great defender. I think in transition, he's a player that's going to be dangerous. And I think he's just, you know, totally bought into the program and that defense and rebounding first mentality. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. You know, and they, they've talked about uh, his work ethic. Muat Mag is roommates with Cliff O'Moyuri. They've been working out early in the gym. And then you have Jaden Jones and Jalen Miller that are roommates. They've been working out early. So that, that, that group of four is really going to be key. And I think that they've embraced the challenge of being relied on as contributors for this team. And I think, you know, Ralph Agee is going to be part of that rotation as well. And then you have Jalen Miller, who I think, you know, defensively, he was unbelievable on Geo and Ron uh, in practice uh, this whole offseason. And they're just raving about his defense. I saw it uh, the way he he's going to make Geo Baker better just by how he defends him day in and day out. And I think, um, you know, that's your your core 10. I think that, you know, Hyatt is going to be the sixth man. I think Jones. And Eg will get the most minutes after that. And then I think Mag and Miller um, will get some minutes. I think, you know, it could end up being a nine-man rotation in, in Big Ten play. Obviously, how, how things go and injuries and all that will play out. But um, I think it's, it's a pretty deep ten. You know, people will ask me in the comments. So I'll mention it. You know, I think Dean Reber, he was playing along the perimeter in practice. He looks to be in great shape, but he, he looked pretty trim to me. And he was shooting a lot of threes. So I, I don't know how much he's going to be counted on to play inside. But I think, you know, you'll see how the season goes. Maybe he get some confidence in non-conference play. I think he was really uh, – the way he was able to defend down low last year was admirable, and, um, you know, it was only one practice, so I wasn't able to see his defense too much. Um, but potentially, he could help them down low. And then um, the practice I was at, Oscar Palmquist sat out with a sprained ankle. So, um, obviously, if he can contribute three-point shooting-wise, that would be a huge plus for this team. And I think, although – People wish, including myself, that Steve Peichel played a more difficult non-conference schedule. I do think one benefit of it is being able to give guys like that more time and potentially an opportunity to grow into roles and to kind of win roles throughout the season. So we'll see if that happens. But I think that the leadership of this team, the stability of the program, the veteran experience they have coming back, I think having the weight off their shoulders from last season Finally making the NCAA tournament, finally breaking through, having the confidence that they belong, having the confidence that they're one of the better teams in the Big Ten. I think it's going to do wonders for this team. You couple that with the chemistry. I think that that is kind of one of those, you know, the, the old commercial, you know, it's priceless. I, I I, think it's hard to quantify, but I really do think that it's going to be a positive factor for this team. Obviously, uh, losing the defensive presence and rebounding presence of Miles Johnson to losing probably the best penetrator uh, they've had in years in Jacob Young are major concerns and how they address that is obviously going to be key to the season. Clifford Morori stepping up, is he ready to be be a starting five in the Big Ten? I think that's obviously the biggest question mark, how Paul Malkihi impacts the offense with his ball handling and, you know, his unselfishness and willingness to make the extra pass. I think that's the number two question mark. And then I think just in terms of this team being able to handle adversity and, and, and the injuries that come, you know, any, uh, like I said, that stretch in February, they're going to face adversity, how they respond, how the younger guys grow into their roles off the bench, you know, really is key. Obviously there's going to be a drop-off, but, you know, Michael can't be playing Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., Caleb, Caleb McConnell and Paul Mulcahy 35 to 40 minutes a game in Big Ten play. The bench is going to have to respond. Um, you're going to have to get contributions from Jaden Jones, Ralph A. G. Muat Mag. Obviously, Andre Hyatt, you know, I almost feel he's going to be like a sixth starter in his uh, just the way he's going to be able to contribute. I think he'll get close to 25 minutes a game, 20 to 25 minutes. So it's really how those other guys respond. You know, Ralph A. has been a starter elsewhere. Is he going to be able to be effective in that, you know, playing 15 minutes off the bench? you know, younger guys like Jones and Mag, you know, are going to be thrust into to spots where they're going to have to contribute right away. While there's always going to be questions. There's always going to be doubts. There's going to be reasons for concern. I think there's a lot more reasons to be positive about this team than not. Where do I ultimately see them finishing? I think there's no reason to think that, you know, they really shouldn't go worse than 10-1 and one in non-conference play. Worst case, 9-2. and two. Anything below that, I think, would be, a you know, obviously a red flag and going to potentially cause them problems in March when uh, the selection committee comes out. But I think if you get uh, 10 and one in non-conference play, you're right, right on course for needing that 10 big 10 wins. Um, I think they're anywhere in the eight to 12 range. Um, I think eight being obviously that the basement, you know, kind of worst case scenario, I think, um, you know, their ceiling is probably 12 big 10 wins, potentially more. You never know, but I think if they, you know, they're, they're certainly capable of winning 10, 11, 12, big 10 games this year I think they could sneak into that you know fifth sixth uh seventh place in this conference standings depending um you know I think Maryland will be good but I don't think they're you know far and away better than Rutgers I think even Michigan State we saw their challenges last year I think they're better on paper but how much better remains to be seen and then Indiana you know I definitely don't think that they're better than Rutgers and I think that that's you know we'll see how they are potentially they could surprise but I think the room, uh, it's very clear on paper, Rutgers is better than Wisconsin and Iowa. Those are teams they should beat. And I think this it's time. It's time for them to take that next step and really assert themselves. So they're only one of four teams in the Big Ten to have won 10 or more games in the Big Ten the last two regular seasons. So this is such a landmark year for them, not only to, be, um, to solidify the progress made with this program and making the NCAA tournament for a second consecutive year, which would be a third year really, post-COVID, but also assert themselves as a clear top-of-the-half Big Ten team. That's what's going to change perception. If you finish fifth, sixth, seventh, that would be the third year in a row they did that. Um, if they win 10 Big Ten games, it would be the third year in a row they did that. And like I said, only four teams have done that the last two years. So depending on how it shakes out, they might be one of only you know two or three teams that would have been able to accomplish that, and I think it would be a huge kind of Marker for the program to hold up and, and be able to not only sell in recruiting, but also just perception wise across the, the uh, Big Ten and also college basketball. So, in closing, I just think that this is a, a lot to be excited about. Really, the X Factor, one thing we haven't touched on is the rack. You know, they um, have announced six sellouts so far, the 12 remaining games as we are recording this, um, there's less than a thousand seats. Available remaining for each game Uh, of those 12. uh, Most of them are under 500, actually. So I think there's a real possibility that by November 10th for the season over against Lehigh, Rutgers will have announced a full sellout for the entire season at the Rack. I think this team really missed that emotion from the home crowd last year. They missed the energy. And I think that it's something that can really propel them, along with all the other positives we spoke about, to a really special season. And really, you know, we want to see them do even better in the regular season, of course. But at the end of the day, this team has to get back to March. And if they can get back to March and get in the NCAA tournament, it comes down to draw and it comes down to opportunity. And I really believe this team is built to be able to go far in, in, in the NCAA tournament this year. You know, there's there's no sense in making the projection of will they make the Sweet 16 finally? Will they make the final eight? You know, who knows? It's all about draw, but I certainly think this team if they can get back to March in whatever form they can get back, I really think they have a chance to, to have a special run in them uh, with this group remaining. And, you know, I've talked about it before, but really is something to savor with guys like Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., you know, could return the following season, but we know this is last Geo's last ride. These are guys that, you know, 20 years from now, we're going to look back on and, and, and what they've done for the program. And. You know, Kayla McConnell, really the unsung hero and such a winner. Paul Mulcahy, these are guys that have elevated the program to a level that we had all hoped but hadn't seen firsthand in, in many, many years. So enjoy this season. We're going to have plenty of coverage throughout, both at onthebanks.com, here on the podcast. We'll have plenty of guests throughout and really excited for what this year is going to bring. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. It's something a little different. Adding some audio from, from interviews outside of the podcast. Appreciate any and all feedback. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for reading on the banks.com. You can find us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Find us on Instagram as well on the same handle. Really excited about what Steve Peichel and this Rutgers men's basketball team can do moving forward in the 2021 22 season here at On the Banks.
2: Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.